Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're at the live, you know that Sophie had COVID and was not there. So quick update, still alive here in the box. As are we. <laughs> for- uh, Sophie, yeah. how are you feeling? All- Over to you. <laughs> um, I am I'm like a new person. I have been, COVID has rebirthed me. Careful now, oh. it sounds like you're recommending it. i feel like that's something that'll probably crop up in like real housewives of beverly hills i'm grateful for my time with covid because it made me 34 or something no not yeah like that they'll actually covid will have moved into being a you know a beauty treatment and you go and you just get your covid for a couple of weeks in like a nice ranch and when you Mm -hmm. come out you look like this COVID or is the new ayahuasca. I, is it ayahuasca? I, I, ayahuasca. Yeah. Or yeah. do you remember yeah. when uh, drug overdosing used to be called exhaustion? <laughs> yeah. And then people would disappear. Is. Is, is, is it? Suffering yeah, I think it's from exhaustion. Is, yeah. So I think yeah. suffering from COVID yeah. will be the new kind of disappearing after rehab for a little while. Or maybe prison. Oh my God, yeah. Prison's a good one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I don't have a lot of gore to relate except for... As you know, my violent incident of feeling like I was having a heart attack, being unable to breathe and vomiting at the same time. All the holes were occupied. COVID. Oh, that is so um, uncomfortable. Like just hear, hearing it, was, it. It had gone way beyond uncomfortable. Cassie. Like it makes it me feel. fully into pain. Makes me feel panicky. Like, yeah, sick for you. Comfortable. How dare you, this Sophie? It's so funny. I, love, you just did the exact thing that is so good. I love when people do it, and I do it myself. We're like, oh, I always remember, right? I was at this uh, 
journalist lunch thing. So I stuck beside this guy that I did not want to be talking to. This like really annoying um, middle-aged male journalist. And uh, I won't say his name. He go on, do it. Does <laughs> no, I don't like, actually. What, just that's on, someone who will whatever you do. Do not. But anyway, I he said he said, "Oh, um, I heard about your dad." Um, and it was when my dad was still sick, so he was alive, but he was just very sick. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, kind of nodded pleasantly, but was like, yeah, obviously, I don't really want to talk about this with you at all. Uh, we're here in a bar. And uh, then he was like, you know, um, and he got really like pensive and serious. And he was like, you know, like Alzheimer's is one of my greatest fears. <laughs> <laughs> I did just do that. I'm sorry. You describing your pain made me feel uncomfortable in the chest. Like it gave me a little like, oh, do I have it? This is how is this attacking me? About me. Me. Somebody think of the child. That's me. (laughs) There was I was listening to this interview where this woman was interviewing a woman who had survived cancer, and the interview interviewer was like I mean, how did you deal with that? Because like cancer, just the thought of cancer makes me feel so anxious. <laughs> I, I like, know the exact interview you're referencing right now. You do, you do not. Yes, you I do. do. Yes. Call it out. No. Oh, anyway, um, anyway, sorry. So like a long story short, thank you. Oh my God, for the amount of messages Creep sent me. Thank you so much. Four. It was so lovely. I swear it was at least 14. <laughs> Why are we on the subject? Last week in the office, I don't even, I think I stopped even updating you. Every single day of last week, a different package arrived from a creep with a present for us. How dare you not oh, update us? We haven't I seen did. any of these. I sent you pictures, but you don't respond. You don't appreciate them like I do. So if people want oh to direct God, you, their mail directly to me at Cassie. The address is on the website. You know where to find me. I'm here every day. Starbucks. And if you want to like hunt her down and cut her, she's there at that address alone every day. Well, yeah, but you can't stop me because everyone has to stay two meters away from me. That's fucking amazing, isn't it? So yeah. nice. Amazing. Can I, I have a I have a box of chocolate stories very brief story very briefly. My neighbor did this. Can you believe it, right? Can you believe it? Um I got the appreciative little nod there from Cass. Um uh so every week we order eggs for our lane, right? From the farm. And uh what, what do, have I mentioned what fucking farm? Dublin four? Yeah, from the farm. <laughs> that classic huge spans of land in Sandy Mount. We're very Sandy Mount. We order our eggs from the farm to the lane. Uh, from a farm in Wicklow. And um, so, you know, we always do this. And like, uh, you know, we end up getting about whatever, like a dozen trays of eggs, some spuds, things like that. And everyone on the lane pays us and that's it. Well, it's not even us, it's Seb. Seb is the egg man. He is doing the whole wheelie and dealing. I think that he is trying to kind of pave the way for his, um, you know, candidacy to become mayor of the lane. Mm. It sounds like he's achieving when that John. Goal. Oh, I see. When John, our neighbor who is the mayor, dies, you know, passes on the mantle or away. Um, and anyway, so there's there's one neighbor that, you know, sometimes it's just it's slow with the money and it doesn't matter. 
it doesn't. We definitely don't care. And she's always very apologetic about being slow with the money and it's tenor. Like we're, it's genuinely fine. Genuinely yeah, it's fine. It's not fine. So anyway, Pay she, the fucking she, tenor. She, <laughs> but anyway, she drops it up late last week and with it, a box, look, of, and this, isn't this nice? Big box of Quality Street. Beautiful. We open it up. Already opened. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Here's some quality streets. No. Here's some, here's a few roses. Oh, look. What? It's all the orange and strawberry oh ones. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's eating. Look at the amount, look at the amount of these strawberry ones. She's the fact that they've taken all of the them. good ones. Orange. The entire thing is orange and strawberry. Orange. Check the front of the box. Is it a specific? Look, like I am not exaggerating. It's an orange and strawberry maybe edition, is it? No. What the fuck is She fucking she hates has taken, you and your red. She has taken the good quality street and replaced them and the good with the roses. shit roses. And that is bizarre. <laughs> a different brand. No, no, because there isn't even, there's only about four quality street in that one. Like the quality street were a major after. Is that some sort of like that's a call for is help? That or is that not one of the strangest things that you would ever do? I but feel, isn't yes, everyone that's in weird. isn't everyone in the world just behaving so strangely? Fucking weird now. Yes, Cassie. Yes, they fucking are. Do you it's know what you're getting down? So Everyone's worn away the outer kind of you know, respectful layer of politeness. The niceties. Yes. It, the niceties are gone. It's gone. It's worn into some yeah. cling film layer. And it's, you know, when you meet now people on the street, eh, 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 fuck knows where the conversation's going to go, basically. Yeah, but you know like, that way? because you don't have <laughs> yeah. any of like the really <laughs> yeah. casual. Especially when they meet me. <laughs> she says tucking into a shit quality street um, there's none of the casual like chit-chat. social chit chat that you would that you'd like you'd meet someone in a bar when you're two drinks in and you're like they're charming and enjoyable we're seeing people for what they really are now and everyone is just Everyone's trash. Like, everyone's trash everyone is scum mm. and also like whatever you know I think like politeness and and small talk are muscles that you need to keep fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The muscle needs to be exercised. And we are into 10 months of a fallow period. So that- I went during that brief window where we could socialize. I went for um, a lunch with my friend and the waiter came over and she has. We've been both really good. Haven't seen people. And the waiter came over and was standing there and she goes, that's a really nice um, apron you have there did you did you make that yourself fucking hell <laughs> man in a branded cafe and sen leather apron. <laughs> she couldn't forgot. stop to- and he left and i was like what the fuck was that like are you okay are you all right and she was just tears streaming down her face she said, that's the first person i've spoken to in 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> oh lads I think uh, Creep of the week this week Has to be Your fucking oh. Weird ass neighbour And her Crazy <laughs> Crazy box Of passive aggressive chocolates Are we gonna have to Put this you out know, Does your neighbour listen Or is this just part of no. the like 
the social and student. It has now. to stay in. It's it has staying. to stay in. I'm. It's pandemic. I, I don't care. I'm setting myself on fire these days. Yeah, whatever. 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 Um, <laughs> like maybe like you could have built it as like I've curated a box of chocolates for you guys. She didn't think like I would. It would have been less offensive if she put them into a Ziploc bag and given them to you, so yeah. you were pre- presenting yeah, them just... as your leftover chocolates. It's the fact <laughs> that she gave you a box of Quality Street. You get excited. You open it up, and it's shit roses. <laughs> <laughs> there's no fucking way in hell you're getting away with it either because no. everybody knows what are in those two you're immediately looking for your favourite immediately after Christmas which is the only time the quality streak come out as well very very terrible oh my god do you have any uh, <laughs> okay what do we have this week guys what do you guys, have guys I'm going to be honest with you right and this is a good way to so we have been well uh, we are working on a special um, edition episode of the Creep Dive this week, responding to the um, commission, and so I do not have a story prepared for this episode. Can you can you tell us a bit more about because no, you're doing major work on that? Yeah, episode. how are we so, going to receive this? So we're going to release it on the Creep Dive feed probably on Friday or Saturday, depending on. Um, when we can line up our interviews this week because we've been working on a wider piece of work for the past couple of months around and I suppose anticipating the release of the commission but also investigating the history of institutions in Ireland and specifically the relationships between the mother and baby homes the Magdalene Laundries and the industrial schools Uh, and we hoped that the commission would present those links in a more clear-cut tangible way so in order to produce this work we've been talking with a lot of um survivor groups historians adoptees hundreds um of i mean it's been months and months it's been months and months and months of work and it's a, a huge massive project and something that we're taking like great consideration and time with we've been reading through documents testimonies reports all the same stuff that the commission kind of referenced in the bibliography so when the commission was released last week we obviously we're on it straight away and having dealt with a lot of the people who've been involved in putting the commission together and we've been speaking to a lot of people who were interviewed um for this investigation so um it just the commission obviously fell completely flat and I don't want to speak on behalf of the people who are impacted so we're going to give them space to talk about their reaction to the commission uh, and what more work needs to be done and kind of give people an introduction to the other work that we have going on in the background. So, um, Sounds great. yeah, we're going to we're going to release that a special Bravo. episode this week. And it's you and Amelia. <clears throat> so it's me, Amelia and Fergal. It's the whole Tall Tales and team Fergal. have been working on it. Um, so, yeah, and there's there's dozens of voices that you'll I don't know if you'll hear everybody on this episode, but there's dozens of people who've been involved, other researchers, historians and people who have people who've have these lived experiences. Um, and I just think that having we were talking to them informally last week and uh, they're all very disappointed in what the commission has presented as fact. Um, mm. I think that what the commission has presented is factual, um, but it's not the full story. It's kind of disregarded a lot of the testimony and experiences of people. And we want to present something that's more survivor centric and gives people the opportunity to speak for themselves. Um, and just to say that we understand what the, the, what they've gone through. We believe them and we think that there's still more work to be done. Great. Well, that's class. And I cannot wait to hear. This will basically be like a kind of oh, like a 
a test, a pilot almost, or not a pilot, but like it'll be an introduction a, like a to long the wider form trailer for the whole yeah. se- series. That's going to be just incredible when it does come out. So can't wait to hear that cast. Yeah, and obviously we'll let you off your pre-time. Thanks very much, guys. I will have one for I Thursday. Think you've been doing something. Um, I, have, I have. Oh yeah, carry I on. have such a long one that I was like, I may have to just see how I go and turn mine into a to like turn put the next off till next then a latter half of it off to next week I don't know it oh, could go on and on oh you know I what do I mean love a cliffhanger I have um I have a a kind of a list what would you call a list now would you call it a listography let's do a that listicle. listicle a listicle a listicle of um, kind of animals who presumably against their will have been roped into fighting in armies and then awarded things <laughs> but I, I also think, right? <laughs> yeah I think being independent this week and being probably just a more a listener this week than a participant I would say let's go with Sophie's long form and then split mm. it into two and I think Jen if you could prepare a slideshow of those right. animals no with their medals for Thursday night I think that would that would just be uh, the icing I have, the cake I have just uh, before you kick off I have a very small I've prepared something important that I need you all to hear if you if it's a tapeworm or something that's going inside me and going to eat me please it's not fear not okay I recommended this and I recommend it to our creep listeners too it's called how to how to with John Wilson just put it into the internet and find out where it is one of the episodes featured a gentleman this gentleman was very interested in growing back his own foreskin his website, tlctugger.com, <laughs> is going to sell you sell you a product. That, I can't describe to you how funny this scene was, but I'll tell you what the product is. It's a it's a kind of a coning thing that you that is connected, right? You put the inside cone up onto whatever foreskin you have left. Um, you put an outside cone up to kind of lock it into place. At the end of that is a little hook. And at the end of the hook, you're give, you're given a three feet of rope and a heavy weight. Now, you must wear a wide-legged trouser at all times during this. <laughs> and you walk around all day with this TLC tugger pulling on what's left of your foreskin. And it's proven to... But then, uh, you're, I know what you're thinking, what about nighttime? Well, at nighttime, <laughs> you, you unhook the weight and you then attach a clip... And then you attach the clip to your headboard and to keep that tension alive. And I need everybody wow. to watch the episode that this features on. I can't remember which episode it is. Please Google it. TLC Tugger. How to with John Wilson. Do Thank yourself you, a favor. Thank you. That sounds amazing. It sounds like a trellis for your dick. Mm-hmm. Or it did until you introduced the hooks. When you were like, feed it up a cone. I was like, oh, it's like a dick trellis. It w- it's very much um, like that. Um, and it's absolutely was, amazing. So is the man who's invented it. It reminded me of um, what we were talking about right before Cassie came about the um, the fake skin. Um, he, he should just fashion a foreskin out of fake skin. I was saying to Jen, I'm practicing my tattoos on um, a, an A4 <laughs> sheet of practice skin. Literally that called practice like, skin. It's literally called practice skin. And it's like, Jen was like, what's it made of? And I went to look it up to see what it's made of. And it just says synthetic skin-like material. <laughs> but why not use an old bit of leather? That's skin. 
Yeah. Um, speaking I, of tattoos for know, a second. Like, I suppose, well, I'll tell you what. Wait, wait. I'll tell you why not. I think this is probably the reason. Now, a tattoo artist might get in touch and say no. But I think it's because it, it mimics when you start to poke your skin you hear like a kind of a little pop almost like you don't want to poke too deep it's you know I think it's to I think it's to teach you exactly the right kind of depth depth and pressure Mm -hmm. um and it properly mimics that kind of little tiny pop sound that you get when you're piercing the skin and I don't think you'd get that with leather good god that's my theory but what happens if you buckle? Um, I reached out to the tattoo artist creep that you recommended, whose name I can't pronounce. Oh, um, she was amazing. Sissa, Sissa, who is incredible, who's going to do a tattoo for me. Wait, she's doing a tattoo for me? We should I go the day. same day. Obviously, it's going to be months because we have to wait till things are open. But we have a little creep day out and get our tattoos. Not me. Yeah, defo. Jen, you can um, come for the crack. I- I'm now. I'll get I'm my clitoris like, pierced in in memory of. In memory of, oh, I'm not even going to ask. Of. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I. You know what I mean. In memorandum. What I keep mixing this up. It's not in memory of. It's. An O two in honor of. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've made that mistake several times during the live, Sophie. When when it sounded an awful lot like you'd have died. I told a cannibal story in memory of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jen openly, I don't know if you got a chance oh. to listen back. Stellar crack. We were, um, I'd say drunk within the first 10 minutes. Um, totally unsupervised. <laughs> and Jen did say she wanted to make sure she didn't say in memory of Sophie or RIP Sophie throughout the episode. And I think said it. Several times. 72 yeah. times. <laughs> Couldn't stop myself. Uh, it's okay. I actually was partially dead at the time. So you were being accurate. Okay. Um, so my creep this week, I've called it mad for it, but that's just, that's just my working title on the note. Okay. Actually, I I can show you a visual, um, to help. Hang on. Uh, this is the visual that I would, uh, use alongside it. Oh, oh. Mad for it with this picture. I'm clicking in. Okay. Okay, you in? I'm in. I'm 100% in. Quick description of the picture. We've got um, a woman on a very early 90s telephone um, in what looks like a wedding dress. She's gazing heavenward and looking kind of beatifically up while... On the, what looks to be a kind of a Formica kitchen counter in front of her. It's very kind of like, it's very like off-brand kind of stuff in this picture, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like you can actually see an open carton of milk off to the right. And she's in a wedding dress. But anyway, in the photograph, there is a man with glasses in a nice suit beside her. So there's her and a photograph of a man. Nice suit. And she's mad for it. Confusing. Okay. Has the screen share stopped? Yes. Okay. So, I am doing um, women who married serial killers when they're in prison. Oh, fantastic. I love this. Just like a best of. Yes. I love this. So, I was like, "Uh, I mean, I wonder, I suppose there's a few, like, I think I can think of a few got, got married. Lads, 
it would actually be quicker to go through the serial killers that didn't get married in prison. Yeah. Isn't this mind-blowing? Every fucking one of them. Sometimes more than once. Oh, God. Like, one guy got married, divorced, and remarried in prison. Like, it is a terrible indictment. Okay, of then again, our own species. We are looking at the, U- at the US with conjugal visits. So there is some physical element to s- presumably. Does yeah, everybody like, get them? No, no, not everybody. Not everybody. But, it's very case by case. And I can understand uh, a lot of rapists uh, don't at all because of the nature of their crime. Right. And so. uh, I'd say there's a. Uh, Barely a man on this list who hasn't raped some people. Right. Uh, so I can see it, of course, from the prisoner's perspective. Um, big fish in a small pond. You'd want to, you, you know, you, you would you would accept a marriage proposal. But it's the people. It's Whatever the, came swimming by. It's the women. There's not that many fish in the sea, I would say. But it's the people. It's the women that reach out that I'm interested in learning Learning more, just learning more about it. I'm not judging. I'm not making any assumptions. I just want to hear more about them. I am with you. I wanted to too. Two, 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 two. Do you know what sent me down this path was um, Sandra London. Do you remember when we talked about the Gainesville Ripper? And we actually never did like a creep on him, but we kind of, I think on one episode, sort of talked about him and talked about the um, crime writer who married him. Mm. Yes. And she was an unusual specimen. We've already talked about her. So I was like, let's see. What else, Who else we've got? We got? So, um, the, uh, so, okay. The Hillside Stranglers in LA, mm. cousins who uh, raped and murdered and brutally killed a fuck ton of women. Um, the One of the cousins, Bianchi, um, was uh, corresponding. So he began corresponding with a woman called Shirley Joyce Book who was from Louisiana and they began corresponding in 1986 and he had been in prison for a few years already and they uh, kind of spoke uh, for about three years through letter and then met in person and got married in the same meeting. Wow. Um, Now, Shirley, this wasn't Shirley's first rodeo. No, no. Not surprising. She'd actually... She'd actually already gone for Ted Bundy <gasps> and he'd rejected her. So Bianchi got what Bundy sloppy What does that say seconds. about her? I don't know. I just feel like if you're Bianchi, you would never hear the end of the fact that your missus was after Bundy first. Mm-hmm. Like, you that, that would have to be like the ultimate ribbing. In prison, I wouldn't say that's I'd the say ultimate. He got a ribbing. lot of jibes over that one. I'd say this. <laughs> so had Bundy, but I, had Bundy already married your one he proposed to in the court? Um, when she went after yeah. him, uh, who knows? Um, Doesn't matter. I don't know exactly because timelines would be close. I wonder. No, I don't know exactly. Okay, whether no, I'm not sure. But like, it definitely seems a bit like. Do you know the way like? Paul Meskel like do you know like what Paul Meskel did for kind of GAA lads yes yeah. say Bundy Ted Bundy kind of did for serial killers gotcha right. maybe in that like he had so many groupies like 
um, at his trial in Florida, like all, all the time, like. Anyway, back to Shirley and Bianchi, okay? They got married in 1989. <clears throat> and um, she... Uh, Basically, they had their wedding practically sponsored by the National Enquirer. Um, they, always a great time, um, agreed to photos and an interview um, the day they got married. Um, her family apparently had no issue whatsoever oh, attended the wedding. No. No. Yes. What? Yes. Now, here's a question. So like, did they, did she believe him to be innocent? Mm. Or had... You know what I mean? No, it's I never. There was never any sense that she thought he had been wrongfully convicted, and like he had, he'd fans before her. Like he had one fan who was so obsessed with him that she um, wanted to like provide a fake testimony during his trial, and then. She was later, sorry, I shouldn't laugh at this. She was later arrested, this woman, for attempting to strangle another woman to make it look like the real Strangle. hillside stranglers still at were large. still, still out, out there. there. Oh. So Bianchi may be very charming, perhaps very charming. Okay, so next up, Richard Ramirez. This guy. The Night Stalker. Like, the night, night stalker, we all know him. I couldn't even get through the new documentary about him. I, I never have. Like, I just can't cope with that guy. He just went on um, a ra- He was just so violent. Evil. Oh, yeah. And, like, in such a... It was just a frenzy. It was in such a short space of time. And basically, a whistle-stop tour of his crime, he killed women, men. Uh, children. Abused and assaulted women and men. He raped children. He, I don't think he murdered any children, but like that's literally it. Like that's the only line he drew. Um, uh, he terrorized. Ah, anyway, just I can't even like, yeah. So, as a single man on death row, Richard actually received a lot of love letters. Um, one was from a magazine editor whose name was. Doreen Leoy, and she was very persistent. Um, it may have just been a case of she really, really kept at him. Or was she the <laughs> editor of the famous magazine Rides on Death Row? Is that okay? <laughs> Must have been that. Over the course of 11 years, she sent him 75 letters. She claimed that she always believed he was innocent um, and in 1996, after 11 years, uh, they got married. Fucking hell. Um, persistence pays, ladies. Persistence pays. Take your lead from these gals. Um, so anyway, she, whenever she was asked about her relationship, she was like always really like dismissive and would kind of be like, Ugh, hometown girls make, hometown girl makes bad. Um, as opposed to like, you know, hometown girl makes good. Mm. But um in at other times, she was like, she understood that a lot of people thought that her relationship was really bizarre. And she was like, I know it is. It, it'd be hard for me to understand if my best friend came to me and was like, you know, this guy, Timothy McVeigh, who just got convicted. I really think he's cute and I'm going to write to him. I mean, I would think that's kind of strange. 
Would you? Would what the what? Doreen? <laughs> Here's a question as well. Do you know? Okay, we're mm. gonna hear from only the female side of the story here. For mostly, yeah. Do you think there's a chance for her specifically? That this was a fantasy that may not be as reciprocated as she believes it to be. I mean... I think maybe. So they have coined a term for this. It's hybristophilia. Yes. And it's um, like, it's all, yeah, like supposedly like a kind of a recognized kind of, I mean, trait. I don't know if you'd call it a high, a disorder. But is it, would you class it as a being... fetish or is it more psychological than that? It's like Dr. Um, Sophie White. Yeah, I suppose. No, I think it's kind of more than a fetish. So yeah, MD Sophie White. Um <laughs> I think it's more than a fetish. Um so it's classed as a paraphilia. So that is a kind of a I suppose a deviant fetish or a de- like mm. a kind of you know, like a, a step beyond kink like. <laughs> um and it's sometimes called Bonnie and Clyde um, syndrome. Uh, Cute. So, anyway, Ramirez's wife, I know, adorbs. So anyway, there, um, they also had a bit of an age gap. Like uh, R- Ramirez's wife looked a bit like his mother. Like in pictures and stuff, you'd be like, "Oh, Richard Ramirez's mom's in good nick," you know. <laughs> like, but I mean, not to be all like age shaming her. <laughs> she, age shaming her but like she just you know I just you wouldn't pick her for I've pulled up put it that I've way. pulled up an image like she looks very kind of sweet and kind of you know come on Jen give us your thoughts um, I need to get she it has a kind well. of, I know I've seen her before she has a mammy a mamminess about her whereas Richard mamminess exactly thank you Richard is an evil cunt but he's incredibly striking looking and uh but yeah, he is yeah. so evil looking, do you not think? Yes, he's quite serpent-like, um, yeah. but I, I think striking. So he, he, in contrast to her kind of mammy vibes, it's a very odd pairing. Isn't it? Yeah. Like, like it he wouldn't like a look out of place tra- in Aerosmith. Like he is, he's no, a bit of a kind yes. of... Yeah, he looks kind of like he's sort of, you know, been on heroin uh, and, you know been rehabbed for exhaustion kind mm. of rock star guy yeah mm. um that's not a compliment i don't intend that to be a compliment to richard ramirez but um i think she looks like you know she's dropping her troubled teen son to to you know yes a reform school yeah. absolutely that's correct what's going on there okay so anyway it looks like they didn't make it because though they didn't actually get an official divorce and um, apparently they didn't see her in the last years uh, before he died. Okay. Next we've got Ted and Caroline Boone. Boom. Famous uh, mid-court, mid-trial. Despicable. Um, marriage, which is just amazing. Mm. So um, Caroline met Ted like back when he was working at that um, suicide prevention helpline place. And um, do you remember he worked there? That's right. He worked in one of those places. That's where he met Anne Rule, the crime writer. And this is where he met this woman, Caroline. And um, she uh, thought he was really nice, liked Ted immediately. We hit it off well. Mm-hmm. He was certainly more dignified and restrained than the more certifiable types around the office. Mm-hmm. 
he struck me as being a rather shy person with a lot more going on under the surface. We can say that again. Like psychopathy love. Yeah. Like that's what that is. <laughs> that's what that was. That was him murdering 30 plus women. That wasn't a je ne sais quoi, no. They, do you know what we should do? This is a really good creep idea. We should do a dating book, but like as done through creep relationships. Do you know like an, he's just not that into you, yes. but for serial killer relationships, but that like that women can use in, and men can use in their real lives. Creeps, get in touch. Would you like to see this? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so he she took the stand in 1980 at his trial and do you remember it now he would already been found guilty in like states further north and then he had escaped from custody gone on the lam down to florida and then had a fucking rampage in florida mm-hmm. killed all the sorority girls like murdered a bunch of women in one night and mm-hmm. um, fucking fiend and um so it wasn't like he had only just been taken in he'd already been found guilty of other murders and this was like you know so basically she was fucking well aware eyes fully open when she took the stand on his behalf and then he was obviously representing himself as um everyone probably remembers and um, in a very like uh unbearably kind of showboatery kind of way did you ever hear the um judge's closing remarks on that oh, uh, trial desperate he said something like what a shame an upstanding young gentleman a qualified oh, yeah, lo- i yeah. mean he just creamed charming his knickers. man charming it was fucking bizarre oh my god it's so like it's so true he like literally queefed in his pants over Bundy like um you would you make a a fine trial attorney oh I only wish we had met under different circumstances complete fucking (laughs) oh my god and was it this time as well so do you remember Ted had like a gaggle of teenagers that followed the trial as well so this was all, yeah. again, Ted, like Ramirez, I would say, Ted, a, a handsome looking, traditionally handsome man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it beggars belief that you would. F- th- it's just this craving for notoriety, I think. Okay. That these, uh, these women have that like, like anything will do, any attention whatsoever will do you know kind of a katie hopkins yeah i think this is a kind of a katie hopkins ophelia Mm -hmm. like sort of an extension of it anyway like the hybristophilia posits that there's definite sexual gratification from the knowledge that your partner has committed these crimes but i definitely think there's an attraction to the notoriety and the and the fame like yeah maybe it's it's the kind of like you you're the one he's not going to hurt but i think putting yourself in in harm's way it is it's just, i just can't get i do not relate do not relate like uh do you know the way like they had kind of beetle mania yeah mm. i feel like there was bundy mania and because i think he was the first serial killer that people were like oh my god he looks just like anybody anybody else mm. except kind of hotter mm. and uh like before that, I think everyone just thought serial killers looked like Albert Fish yeah. and some, Ed Gein. Some of them did. And like, some of them did. But like, it was just suddenly like, oh my God, we have a ridey serial killer. And like, 
I think there was so it was like fa- fascination squared because it was the morbid fascination meeting the actual hotness and being like, ah, this is cognitive dissonance. I, are, I better go to his trial and write him a letter. I remember um, from that documentary that the woman <laughs> that what's her name again? You're what is it? Caroline? Caroline. Was yeah. she was in, was she interviewed in the documentary or did they take old footage? But I remember thinking this person is smart. But didn't she believe, like, she knew him before and felt like he wasn't being, he wasn't the monster he was portrayed to be? Or is that somebody else? Yeah, no, no, she did, she did. Well, no, that's it. Like, she did believe he was not the monster he was portrayed to be. But also, I don't think she ever made any real direct reference to the crimes he'd been convicted of. Okay. um, Or the crimes that he was um, accused of. Like, she was seemingly really reticent and, like very enigmatic kind of character but always there maybe she she's always different. in the courtroom always visible yeah, maybe she's different because um, she knew him before maybe that puts her in a different sort but of so bracket. did his what would you guys but yeah do... do you remember his actual longtime partner that's right yeah yeah susan yes is that um she knew him from before and had made that whole journey from knowing him being in love with him finding out who he was and all of the the tragedy after that but caroline doesn't seem like she ever faced who he was at all yeah and it seems like she just shut it off and it seems like she just wouldn't countenance going there from from stuff i've seen she's remains very kind of out of sight herself do you know what i mean like obviously there's lots of pictures of her and stuff like that but like i feel like she didn't let much of herself self show she had an adult son um and they moved to Florida for Ted Bundy. Like, um, they lived uh, elsewhere. I can't remember where they lived. I think they lived up um, further north where he was um, based around, like in Portland or... Uh, anyway, uh, Washington maybe? Sorry. They moved. She was like, imagine your mom was like, look, we're moving to Florida. Yeah. Like, because this... Have you heard of this guy? Um, you might have seen him on the news. I'm in a relationship <laughs> with him. And... Um, he, the son, even became kind of an almost kind of like Ted Bundy was like a proto father for him. God. And um, yeah, like he was a teenager when he met Ted Bundy. So like, can you imagine like in terms of like your own modeling of personality and trying out who you are and like really formative age to be exposed to that? Um, it's fucking bananas. So anyway, like for anyone who doesn't, isn't that familiar with the Florida trial, basically there was like this kind of um, old um, Florida law um, that said that um, a, oh, sorry, I lost my place. So it said that a properly phrased proposal mm-hmm. in an open courtroom would constitute a legal ceremony as long as in the presence of court officers. And because so basically Caroline and Bundy had tried to get married, but had been unable to find a minister who would agree to it, right. to agree to do ah. it. Because um, apparently, yeah, <laughs> obviously. And um, so that was then uh, a huge thing at the time when uh, Bundy had literally he was, quote unquote, cross-examining Caroline in the witness box and was like, and one more thing, you know, and all of his fucking little courtroom suave and fucking you know playing up to the jury winking at the sorority girls in the front row who'd come to like you know fucking Grim. get his autograph and then anyway he was like yeah would you marry me along with like, all the victims <laughs> all the victims the families of oh, the women he like, killed sitting in the fucking so grotesque 
it was a grotesque circus. Also, like, it was ignoring the and they let murder. him do it. Like that was what was so appalling. Yeah, like, but like all that aside, a public mm. proposal is just so hideous. <laughs> Even if he wasn't a murderer, if anyone True. Yeah. proposed to me in a room full of people, I'd be like get the boat this is absolutely, this is a hard pass from me yeah do you no, even know so me right. like <laughs> no i have seen more obnoxious viral proposal videos than ted bundy and caroline's proposal true like truth absolutely are we talking like flash um, mobs or just hate a flash mob <laughs> fucking caroline well i love a flash mob day. but in the right circumstance um okay so um <laughs> So, sorry, uh, do you know that um, obviously uh, Carolan famously went on to have his daughter? Yes, sorry, I remember this now. This is yeah, fucking... Yeah, and there was a lot of speculation. So hang on a sec, he was obviously allowed... exactly how the hell... He was presumably... Sorry? So was he allowed conjugal? No. No. So how the fuck Absolutely did that happen? Not. Gypped into something, sent it to her. Yeah, like there's rumors that he like came in a condom and like passed oh, it to yes, her. Oh yes, yes, um, of course. God, that's fucking but like, do you think about up. it? Like, of all the fucking hoops that like people have to jump through to have children, um, you know, a lot of the time, and fucking Bundy fucking spoofs, spooges in a little freezer bag and gives it to Caroline and. Boom, they have a baby. I mean, it's there is no justice. Yes, but from Caroline, in this fucking world. Caroline, the fucking asshole. At this point, Ted confessed to the murder of over 30 women. Ted confessed that. She then went ahead. Um, actually, do you know what? He, I think this is how that went. Mm-hmm. He didn't confess until days before his execution. Oh, and by which was, time? Do you remember this? Now, I was researching the relationships more than the actual crimes. So, but I think this is how it went, that he, so he was convicted in Florida anyway, despite his fucking bang up job representing himself. Thank you, judge. Um, And uh, he, uh, it was like he saved the confession in his mind for his last trump card to play, to try and get get out out of the death death sentence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a few days before the execution, he kind of was like, he set it up and he was like I'm going to confess and um, that's when he confessed as far as I know um, and funnily enough Carol Ann by then had stopped um, and had divorced bon- uh, Bundy how interesting so yeah she- so when their daughter was four years old she divorced him and even more interesting and I think sad and worrying her son who was now in his 20s continued to visit Bundy Right up until he died. Oh, God. Oh. What mm. a fucking so three mess. more years, the son visited him. So tell me this. And, uh, and the daughter yeah. goes on to grow up and know that her biological father is fucking Ted Bundy. And her mother conceived this with that knowledge. <clears throat> like, her daughter isn't much older than us. Like, she's about 38. And uh, she has never been seen or heard from uh, which you know I just wow. hope it stays that way for her do you reckon she's still um, in touch with her mother I, I couldn't I, even, I wonder like would you I don't know like the fact that Caroline divorced him okay, um, that's something. I think is hopeful because I'm like you know 
did she get help or did like maybe like you know because you can't under like you can't say that she wasn't coming under some kind of sway that the same as Ted Bundy you know manipulated and charmed swathes of people mm-hmm. you know um, and uh, so you know I'd say that that power was trained on her and I think that for her to have been in a relationship with that for like over a decade you know you can't speak to what really b- g- takes place in that relationship what does it look like it can't possibly be you know in any way by any normal metric a kind of you know equal what do you think equal connection I guess like. mm. so I wonder did like you know was it a case of people having an intervention yeah was it a case of, a case of like her being deprogrammed yeah or something like that mm-hmm. um uh, I wonder was there maybe a, a kind of a witness protection situation um because you would think trying to make a new life and a new identity would be so fucking hard it'd be impossible like I just feel like there would be that level of notoriety it would be who would never let you go it would be yeah you're right. there would be people who would never let that story go because no matter what if 20 years pass finding pictures and getting an interview of with Ted Bundy's wife would still get you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars so people would hound her forever Did she? so I wouldn't be that surprised if she divorced him came to her senses if you want to say or whatever and uh, possibly with the help of authorities disappeared because I'd say she kind of is like look we're never safe like we're safe from Ted Bundy but we're not safe in our lives she didn't do know. you know whether she now, ever all of that is pure wrote a book or did anything to lever to make Nothing she yet. never did okay well that's kind of maybe like, telling isn't it that you're right that they're after let's presume there was an I would say she dropped off the face of the earth like right when she divorced him and there's like there is a family photograph of them I've only seen it with the daughter's face blurred but it looks like she's about four in the picture God, and uh, that's fucking bleak so, fucking mad so um Charles Manson Oh Charlie Manson literally char- somebody wanted to marry Charles Manson now yeah attractive I would say on, as, as far as we've gone on the list so far I would have it Ramirez Bundy Charles Manson Bianchi you're going Ramirez first you know I had that kind of goth face yeah okay Cass, who are you taking? <laughs> Cass, it's just like, I'm just Sorry. horrified. I just, I'm no, I'm She's trying like, to think. When, I'm when bringing up pictures. Two. I think Ramirez is attractive, but he's like. Oh, but Jesus, don't open the mouth though. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Um, and we do know that he had terrible. Breath. Stanky chops. And like Ted that. Bundy as well, like also very attractive. But what makes it more attractive is the thought of Zac Efron playing Ted Bundy, which is where mm, my mind goes. They've melded in my mind. And um, look, true. a young Charles Manson. Uh, look, so what we're looking at here is... And I really fancy Lily Collins, who's in that movie too. So actually... And visually mm, a little similar It's a great cast. A young Charles Manson. Is a cute yeah, he's little man, like a man-een. Um, <laughs> cute little man he is very cute he is too short for me or Cassie so who is he like he would look if he was with me or Cassie he would look like our little ventriloquist dummy there's no th- this man could have married any one of his harem though yeah did he absolutely because I'd say he was kind of informally married to them all exactly I'm sure he did that dipped the nib yeah mm. oh he d- oh Jen 
that nib was lathered. I tell you what, Sobs. He's <laughs> you know that they were constantly f- battling family-wide outbreaks of gonorrhea and stuff. Oh God, I did not know she, that. It was it was chronic. Like it was just a love machine. Like, he was a huge all of fan. Them were Sobs. stick and poke, man after your own heart. Oh no, little swastika Don't between ruin. the eyes. Oh. Don't ruin my new hobby. Um, you know, they all cro- stick and poke to the crosses, of course. Mm-hmm. Imagine. So dedicated to that creep life. The creep life chose me. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Manson, um, obviously, you know, was imprisoned for the murder of Sharon Tate, uh, the Labiancas, uh, Sharon Tate's friends, uh, Seven people altogether, six people, seven, sorry, seven people. And um, he uh, somehow ducked the death penalty. Because he didn't got do the murder, instead. that's why. Well, it might have been that. I'm not sure if it was that. I think it was actually that the death penalty had been temporarily suspended when he was um, on trial. Convenient. So it was actually a bureaucratic loophole. Just a stroke because of luck. They... A stroke of luck. Um, so anyway, uh, Manson was in prison all those years and um, getting more and more Yoda-like as the years went by. Mm. <laughs> Until in 2007, okay? So bearing in mind, he was imprisoned in like 1972. What was he, 70? So like in, in 2007, he was like heading, heading to Yodaville. Like, yeah, he was about 70. Will he say he was about 30, 30, 40, 40 maybe in 2072 plus? Yeah, 30, 70, sorry. Anyway, um, so this teenager um, called Afton Burton um, started writing to him uh, when she was 17. God. You would, as a parent this now, you'd think, that's fine. Pen pal, safe. <laughs> Of all the things your teenager could be... You're not even going to ask who she's writing to. You don't care. No. Absolutely, you do not care. Like, you insisted she get the pen pal so that she would stop annoying you. Yes. And it's worked. A little too well. (laughs) She... Yeah, so basically, like, she had... Some friend of hers had showed uh, Afton Manson's, like, environmental writings. And she was very impressed... And wrote to him. And then she used all her savings, I presumably from her babysitting, to move from her home in Chicago to California so that she could visit Manson more easily in prison. Um, I was forcibly excommunicated from my friends for a long period of time in my teenage years. And I didn't have any contact with, uh, with them and it had a big effect on my life. So it sounds like people were roundly disgusted. You would, though. I wish that her parents would have been like, wait, you know what? I never pass judgment on other people's relationships, but if one of my friends started dating a notorious killer and rapist, I would have to say something. You're going to draw the line. Yeah. Like, he's just not good enough for you. You deserve better. You know when your friend goes out with someone that you don't like and you wait all that time for them to have a fight and then you're like, oh, boom, yeah, straight in. Say it. Yeah. But the second you fucking say it, they, they make together. up. 
And then you're the one who was like, but he's a mass murderer. Yeah. And then you're, you're the, the bad guy. And then he's like, I yeah. don't think you should be spending any more time with Sharon. She fills your head with tripe. <laughs> yeah. And that's how they get you. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you get you. Yeah. So um, anyway, um, Afton uh, said that they became a couple and got their marriage license uh, on November 7th in 2014. So seven years, seven years. And then they got married, which is just sweet do we have any background um, on afton she was 26 and he was 80 oh, at their wedding oh, Had, um, did afton Hanson called her star did she have a few problems she <laughs> more than a few, few probs more than a few probs so she had a um pro manson website um where she explained that part of her desire to wed him was that marriage would allow her access to information and documents that were usually only reserved for family. Now, what is, okay. Here's an interesting one. Manson himself says that their wedding plans were quote a bunch of garbage. <laughs> That's <laughs> trash. We just played. We were playing that for public consumption. He told reporters, <laughs> which then often came out on her website and said that they had postponed the wedding due to quote an unexpected interruption in logistics okay that must have been on her side because he's not going anywhere <laughs> yeah and then right, even when wedding bells are around the corner right and Burton's family oh wow I didn't actually cop this Burton's family was stood by her okay stood by her or stood oh, by her decision I mean, stood by her to get married to him, even her devout Baptist father. What didn't want? Um. Now let's not. Oh, sorry, sorry. Here. You're right. Stood by. No, no. The devout. They stood by her when Charles Manson started being mean to her. Okay. Basically, now they were in. They were like, you know, bring it. Never liked him anyway. In. They were like. Never liked him exactly. They were they were the friend being like, finally I can say it. He's a mass murderer. Um so anyway, there is a great great theory on what Afton was really after here when she married the eighty wanted to marry the eighty year old man. So obviously his inheritance. When Manson died, well, there's an inheritance of sorts. What do you think Charles Manson has? Oh, that um, could be could be inherited. Hair, the life physical. rights to the movie, physical something physical. No. His body. Yes, Jen. His body. She gets Afton. his body. Oh, that we is think, so. Dark. Wanted the body so that she could bring the body on tour and charge people to see now, it. Now, all hail Afton. What a fucking if, genius, if that's true. No, I mean, if that was the long game she was playing. Yes. Then I you get your duff dollar. my cap to her. Mm-hmm. Because it couldn't, have ha- couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Oh, yeah. And was it? Did it? Sure, they didn't get married no. because of the logistics. Yeah. He got, did he get win? Getcha. That's why you have the year of engagement, guys. Lads. You need the year. He got win to live with plan. someone for four seasons. <laughs> You need the year to decide what grade of paper you're going to print those invitations on. That's the table plan will take three months alone. He fucking knew. Especially if you've got he sniffed her out. members of the families. She didn't. She He sniffed her out. He was like, this bitch has got an ulterior motive. And he bu- but like, but like, what the fuck else was he doing with his time? No. Do you know what I think he was doing? 
I think that he was just like a, you know, he was just a born fucking psychopath whose only, like, whose sole aim and enjoyment in life was controlling and torturing people. And this was his version of that from prison. Okay. It was, I think, was like grooming and leading along this young girl, having her and then fucking her up. Fucking her away. Mm. Do you know that kind yeah, of way? Okay. And you know, it's, if you read a lot about the Manson family, he did that all the time with women in the Manson family. Mm. Like he'd have favorites for months, then they'd be gone and cast oh, okay. out in their ear and he wouldn't give a shit about Freedom them. Freedom mean, and, keep them like, keen. One of them, one of the old ones would have his baby and he wouldn't give a shit. And you know, like, so I kind of think it's that pattern repeating a bit in that I'd say that gave him more kicks Gave him more fun to fuck her like that than to actually marry her at, at, at 80. Like, I don't know. So tell us that's this. My, that's my theory. What happened then? Incidentally, well, I was going to say Tex Watson, who was the actual executioner in the Manson murders, um, who was 23 when he was imprisoned, got married in prison. Oh, my God. Because everybody does. And he had four kids with his wife. What? Because he did get conjugals. Oh, fucking chaos. He got the conjugals. Um... <laughs> His marriage didn't work out. I presume she has custody of the children. One would hope. Um, uh, we do have. Do you have time for one more? Do you think that the uh, that this kind of body shit is an excuse? In other words, do you think it's an uh, uh, like she was like I was only just in it for the the potential business idea? Is that an after? No, no. I I think the body thing, as fun as it is, it, it kind of might be a bit of a rumor. Okay. Do you oh, think? Do you know? She did. There is a I photo think, well, of her with a shaved head and an, a similar scar to his. So it does seem like she loved. Oh yeah, when he was put in solitary confinement at one stage during their relationship, she carved a cross into her forehead in solidarity. So you know, I think she's. I think she was pretty all in. I don't think it was an elaborate long game. Sadly. As much as we'd like to. Okay, so my last, my last lover boy of the evening. Although, oh shit, mm, there's one really good one. I know, I'll save the really, I'll save the really good That's one. a good cliffhanger okay. for them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this one is our fave. Um, in fact, this is what actually led me down this whole path was that I gave my kids quarantine haircuts and then Seb and I started calling them the Menendez brothers. <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't know if you want to do a quick, yeah, I need to just off the cuff Google image search of the Menendez brothers, but they had some pretty special hair. Well, one of them had some pretty special hair, and one of them had a really bad toupee. He had a toupee. <laughs> so no, yeah, <gasps> yes. Did you never know this? No, I didn't know. Oh my god! Yes. I d- oh, so- I can see it now. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember which one has the toupee. I think it was Eric. As if, oh, my money's on Eric, but was oh, it? Oh, I don't know which is which, but I'm like, it's, it's Sophie, it's obviously the one on the left here in this photograph. <laughs> it's Eric, so it was Eric. So it all came to head. They claimed a week before the killings when Lyle, who was 21 at the time of the murder, claimed that his mother ripped off his toupee in front of Eric, who did not know he was bald. Oh my ah! god. Da-na-na. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And yes, that toupee is just there hovering around his head. But anyway, like there's a very particular shot of them that I always think is just absolutely 
what I did to my kids um, for their quarantine haircuts. I'll just show you real quick. Maybe we should put it on the creep. But you see that one down there that I've enlarged? Yeah. Yes. See those two? That's it. That was Rufus and Arlo for like a good few weeks there. So anyway, that was it. We, so we're calling them the Menendez brothers because of the haircuts. This got me going on the Menendez brothers. Then I decided they were just boring. We all know that story. But then I didn't know that Lyle found love. Aww. Yeah, even despite the tube. He found love with, are you actually ready for this? Okay, so think about all the wives we've had so far. We've had like definitely lots of like, you know, professional women. Mm -hmm. Decent, decent careers. All very like attractive, educated women. Lyle got a fucking playboy model. What What the fuck? To marry him. Ah, here. Yeah. No. Can I? Okay. Lyle. Lyle is doing very well for himself. Are they less bad because they only killed their parents? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) That's the best logic and I wish we could introduce it into law. I feel like, Um, like, what's her name? The wife of Lyle? It's Anna Erickson. Um, we'll get to Rebecca in a second. So he got married twice and both these women are beautiful. Each one of them could be a Playboy model. Is it Anna that is? Anna's the Playboy model. And then he obviously divorces her and he marries this other beautiful woman. Yes. What the? Yes. Like, Lyle. Anyway, so basically what happened was Anna Erickson, the Playboy model, was watching the trial unfold on television with, along with the rest of the world because it's the first ever televised trial and it was a bloody soap opera like I'd have watched for the bad to pay watch I came for the bad to pay stay for the terrible acting on the witness stand um, and anyway um, she said she felt a special connection to Lyle um, through the TV I, she, she felt closer to him than his toupee felt to his head Um and she was, I was watching the lawyers thinking, oh, I was watching the lawyers thanking people for all of these letters of support Eric had got. And I thought to myself, what about Lyle? So she decided to write him a letter telling him to hang tough. Oh my God. And a correspondence blossomed and they got married in 1996. So it was only a couple of years after he had been incarcerated and uh, they were married for seven years, but divorced in 2001, because even in prison, a man will, can be a love rat. Oh, he yeah. was God. love rat, Lyle. How did that happen? Yeah. You would never trust Le- anyone again. If you were dating someone, <laughs> married to someone who was incarcerated, whose incarcerated. only method of cheating is his penmanship, pens, <laughs> pen pal. And he still goes out. I just, I wouldn't. Yeah. You give up. Writing letters to other women. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Lyle, you absolute dog. Just two years later, Lyle married again. This time to Rebecca. Rebecca Sneed. And Is she the other apparently, woman? Apparently they'd known each other for several years beforehand. And there's only one fucking way you guys could have done that. So... Rebecca Sneed, homewrecker, um, 
was clearly among those he was writing to. Oh, God. I'd um, say there's dozens more. Yes, exactly. And if he's going to do it to one woman, Rebecca, you know, what is it? What is it when, like, listen to people when they tell you who they are? Yeah. When um, people tell you so who they are, believe them. Believe them. So, anyway, um, they their wedding took place in a maximum security visiting area. Um, and uh, Sneed was overjoyed. And uh, Lyle was fairly familiar with the process by that point. Mm. Um, Sneed was a magazine editor. Again. Another one. Weird. Like Ramirez's one was a magazine editor as well. Now, I've worked with a lot of magazine editors. And it's not like I'd be like, mm. oh, they're the absolute gold standard for sanity. But like, <laughs> you know, that's a bit of a coincidence. She... She became an attorney. Ah. Anyway, um, Eric also had a wife, Tammy. Fuck. Fair play, Eric, as well. Didn't get left behind. She wrote a book about their relationship with the best title ever. They said we'd never make it. Oh my God. Did they? Did they make it? Um, Actually, I should check our Eric and Tammy still doing well. Um... So that, I mean, to be honest, like I said, I could go on and on. This is, um, because it's, it's just it's, worrying, um, isn't it? It's, it's so crazy. Yeah, there's just no, like I said, it'd be quicker to just go through the ones who didn't get married. Um, now, if, I've seen in one case here that, um, that they've been married for 19 years, but that maths doesn't sound quite right. Um, a long time so I can't tell a long time you know that they were reunited in 2018 oh god the Menendez brothers oh were they they'd always been incarcerated separately get out of here and then in 2018 yeah they went to the same maximum security jet but presumably they had their own cells and things they weren't like bunk beds (laughs) (laughs) one would and are they in for life Um, there's no there's no sign of them getting out yeah yeah bloody Nora I mean, that was a know, fucking bad move, wasn't it? Really and truly. It was a really bad move. Uh, Sophie, th- oh, I don't know how to feel on. about all that. I feel sort of annoyed on female... I feel annoyed. Next, we must know about women. I think it doesn't say women. a lot about straight men. Like, the standards are obviously on yeah. the floor. <laughs> the, yes. But also, are there any women incarcerated who've managed to, you know, get married to anybody, I wonder... I'd say the, I'd know, the I'd men say folk. straight men are probably like they're too ambitious. Oh god. Also, what fucking straight man is going to fucking bother writing no letters, fucking posting? No. Like we know how hard it is to get a stamp, then you get the fucking envelope doesn't fit. <laughs> then you've got the stamp, but you can't find the fucking air code. Listen, he he's out. It's a world he's of on problems. Tinder. He's back on Tinder. Quick click, done. There's no way in hell that you'd get a straight man. No. Uh, well, thank you for no that, way. Sophie. I'll take those with me tonight and think about them in my dreams. Uh, <laughs> that's probably wraps us for today. If you like what you hear and you're thirsty for more, you can see us over on Patreon, and we're doing our lives every Thursday. Come. 
be with us. Let us lift they're, your spirits. They're solid great crack. They are. Yep, yep, yep. We're having they, the time of our lives. We are. You know, it's keeping us all By going. pandemic standards. Exactly. By any standards, they're actually fun. It's the one <laughs> thing that if the world returned to normal tomorrow and people decided they wanted to socialise IRL on Thursday, I'd feel sad. I'd miss them. Well, you don't have to miss them because they're still ongoing. For the, and will for be the foreseeable on future. into 2022. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Okay, thanks for coming. See you next week. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.